<laughs> so can I start ranting? No, no. Hold on a second. No, you can't start Aww. ranting. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast, where we talk about nerdy things. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Dave and Carney. Say hi, Dave. Good day, all. And uh, Carney, say hello. Hello. All right. I understand, uh, Carney. You have a, a rant. Let's uh, let's start with that. Let's start with our ranting Ooh, corner. I can rant. I can rant. <laughs> you can rant. We should have some ranting theme music for this. But go ahead. No, we'll, look. For now, we'll do it without. It's simple. It's the you have you heard the, seen these various breathless science articles about how the ancient builders of Stonehenge may have known Pythagorean's theorem. You know, X number of years before Pythagoras. And these idiots sit here and just replicate this and pant about it. And let me clue you in on this. Is that you're building something, right? What's the first basic tool that anybody who's going to stack two rocks on top of each other is going to have? A string. Uh, A string. A string. Sure, okay. You use it to measure with. You use it as a level. Okay, you take said damn string, you string it across something so you've got a leveling line, and now you want to see where it's directly underneath. Well, you take another string and you attach it to your first string and you hang it down. You've now got a plumb bob. That's the second building tool you've got. You know what you've got? You've also got two equilateral triangles that by definition have Pythagorean theorem built into them. You can't build shit without Pythagorean theorem. It's not some thing that you discover out of the greatness of your genius it's something that's built into the shape of a triangle you build something with a triangle it's got pythagorean's theorem built into it okay so what i'm getting from your what you're saying is that this article is basically correct i hate you (laughs) you might be underestimating how difficult it is to actually make string but (laughs) <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. We've been doing string for as long as they've been able to recover perishable tools. All it takes is a little bit of plant matter, and you twist it together, and you've got string. Clearly never been a Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah. But and it's, this is the same bitch I've had with the – is that, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, there were a bunch of the same kind of half-baked articles talking about pie in the pyramids. The builders of the pyramid understood pie. The builders <laughs> of the pyramid didn't know what the hell pie was. What they knew how to do was to take a wheel and use it as a measure. And you put a wheel on a stick and you rolled it along the ground. And every time the little mark on the wheel hit the ground, you had another unit of measure. Oh, and guess what? You had a multiple of pie, too. And some idiot... Uh, uh, <laughs> sitting there. Easy, take a breath, take a breath. <laughs> I'll be fine in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you had your, your, don't you need like seven shots in your stomach or something to get rid of that rabies? That- <laughs> <laughs> it just really, it just, with some liberal arts, you know, they, 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 they discover some relationship between numbers that's built into you know, again, the universe, you know, rocks fall down. Oh, my God, gravity. They've discovered gravity. It's it, They discover some fundamental characteristic of the universe that you just can't avoid by while you're living in this universe. And then they, they see aliens, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, pie. Aliens taught the Egyptians pie. It just is. 
Okay, right over. <laughs> wow, that was nice. Well done. So yeah, put a put a put a link to that article in the show notes here for me, and I'll I'll make sure that that gets included. How many hundreds would you like? Just do a search <sighs> on Stonehenge and Pythagorean. Well, you put your favorite. Put put your favorite that you think the audience would really enjoy. That, that's the most easily mocked. Let's put yeah, that the one that skewed the most to make it most entertaining. Right. Exactly. Oh, God. So basically, I'm going to have to have my wife standing over me with a shock, <laughs> a cattle prod to keep me from foaming at the mouth. Okay. Your reaction to cattle prods is completely different than most mammals, but. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't hear the first part of that. He said your reaction to cattle prods is different than most mammals. Well, I'm already foaming at the mouth and hysterical. This guy, if it's going to do anything, it's got to be in the other direction, right? <laughs> it can't hurt at this point. All right, so we've got we got a lot to get through today. Thank you for your the rant the uh, the uh, Carney rant corner is Carney's corner uh, is uh, is completed for today. So we've got some uh, we got some topics to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Dave's dream house. Uh, the new World of Warcraft uh, expansion is coming out uh, very soon, and uh, in fact, the pre-expansion uh, patch is coming out uh, coming up this week. Which means and, I'll be downloading uh, for the next two weeks. Yes, you want to start downloading through your uh, through your Swizzler stick bandwidth um, <laughs> as soon as possible. I'd start that tonight if possible. Maybe it'll be done by Tuesday. I'm not holding my breath. But let's start with Dave. Dave. What's uh, what's up with your dream house? Uh, we were just talking about that. We were talking about that before uh, before we started. But I want to hear I want to hear what uh, I want to hear the overall vision for your dream house. Well, I was actually going to be soliciting ideas. I mean, Carney mentioned he had some. I, it's something I've just been nebulously, vaguely thinking about for the last forty five years. Um, but when you start applying it to reality. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different thing and I don't I don't have I don't have anything concrete to offer other than what I've mentioned which is um master bedroom in the basement so that we can just go take a nap when tornadoes pass through Kansas. Well, that's not a bad thing. Well, let's set, let's let's talk big picture for I'll, I'm going to I'm going to try to guide you through this a little bit here. For for my benefit, tell tell me the big picture. So you've been dreaming about this since you were for you said for forty five years. What what are some of the the guiding principles here? What what what's really sparking that? What's making that exciting for you to think about that for for a long time? Well, just in general, that you know, your every house that I've ever lived in, every house that I've ever really known of, other than just a small handful of custom houses, are built to meet the hopes and expectations of the masses. So there, there's nothing great about any of them, but there's nothing awful. But it, it's, it's, a, you know, it's one big 1,900 square feet of compromise. And I'm interested in building something for me rather than what will have a great resale value just because somebody else might be able to use it. I know it's. I, I don't have this. Uh, I, I haven't prepared to uh, speak on this quite yet. Okay. Well, go ahead, Carney. Actually, it sounds like my 
thoughts on this dovetail well with Dave's is that I agree with him, by the way, about the, you know, 1900 square feet of compromises thing. But I, my, my thinking along the lines has been apparently very different from Dave's. I really don't care about the layout of the house or the, anything like that. What I care about is how the house is built. After 30-odd years of dealing with fires, termites, mold, rot, wind, rain, hail, I've got definite ideas of what the house should be made out of in the construction standards. And, you know, basically it boils down to Hitler's Atlantic Wall, only prettier. I want something made out of concrete oh, nice. and steel. Something with, that the same, with the same kind of art design that Hitler would use or maybe go something slightly different? Well, I, I, was just, I, I want something a little more, you know, the exterior to be a little more homeowners association friendly, but I'd ah. like the construction standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're, as, as, less, as a muse, less Maginot be, line, less Maginot line, more, more homeowners association. I gotcha. Yeah. You know, as the music as it would be to machine gun the homeowners association as they went by to right, inspect yeah. my mailbox. Um, it's just, you know, I want a house that doesn't get eaten by th- wildlife, that doesn't rot before my eyes. That doesn't, yeah. you know, you have to rebuild it on every five to ten years because, well, it's not designed to last. I, well, I, I've looked into the cost of build of concrete houses per square foot and, you know, the differences you've got to make. And the real thing is you've got to make sure you have a builder who's experienced with that kind of building. Because otherwise, you're going to have all kinds of problems with dampness and climate control and other, you know, you're going to get a whole different set of problems than you would with a wood frame house. All right, Dave, I want to hear your 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 dream. Your, some of the, some, you know, you said you haven't thought much about it. Well, that's fine. Tell me, tell me some of the highlights here. What are some things that are, that would be really cool that you're going to have in your dream house? Well, again, I... <laughs> We probably should save this. the the uh, The listener is probably going to, you know, quickly understand that I am not ready to start building mm. because I have not put this through the uh, reality. You know, it's just been vague, general notions. As I'm passing through life, I'm like, "Hey, that one thing about that house right there," and I should have taken notes, but I didn't. Ah. I, I want that thing in incorporated into my house. Or I don't want, you know, it seems like everybody I know, for instance, has a laundry room. Mm-hmm. And the laundry room is large enough for a washer, a dryer, and one pair of pants. <laughs> and they, every, everybody complains about how ridiculously tiny it is. Now, people that have laundry rooms in the basement are the exceptions. But, you know, around Texas, yeah. everybody's laundry room is ridiculously small. You want Why? like a table to fold clothes, and you want like an ironing board, and yeah. So I'll probably I'd, combine I'd that. With maybe like have a TV in there. The, well, I'll probably have it be combined with a mud room, and maybe even a shower. So you come in from working outside, and you have you're covered with chiggers and ticks. You jump in the shower, you clean off, you throw your clothes near the washer dryer, and then you know. So it's designed for outside type activities. Gotcha. All right. So, how? What's your time? What's your time frame on the on the project here? When are you guys? When are you guys moving in? Do you have a move in date? Um, if I could have that ready, say October one of twenty twenty, that would be ideal. 
a little bit sooner would be fine. Well, you got two years, buddy. You better start. You better start making some notes pretty quick. Yeah, two years don't really sounds like a lot. <laughs> I think you find yourself. A, are you are you designing it? You're, are you planning on designing it yourself? Are you going to work with an architect or? Well, I imagine we'll come up with a, a plan and then route it through a, an architect or whatever is required to kind of fill out the uh, back end stuff that we don't know about and if there's code requirements and so on. So probably somebody from the local area, so like a can some kind of Kansas City. Architect. I would assume somebody with yeah a Kansas. I don't know if they have architectural licenses or you know yeah somebody who. I mean, I can't even, I'm not even supposed to be investing with a A.G. Edwards person in Minnesota. I'm supposed to do it from, you know, in Texas. So I would think that there's probably a much more of a reason to. You want somebody who's familiar with the code and the way things are done and what all the requirements are. And 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 also just for things that, I mean, you haven't, haven't you know, you talked about, you know, Kansas is kind of is tornado country, but there's probably things that. I don't know if, you know, it's like, oh, you don't want to build a basement of this type in this area because we get floods or what? I don't know, whatever. But I, that was just a total made up thing. But you want to get somebody who's familiar with the local environment, I would think. Yes, I totally agree with that. So are you at all interested in the idea of a non-wood frame house or you, you want one of that? And- um, a standard stick build approach is the, probably the last idea that we would employ. Um, either going to go with uh, modular or, you know, the idea of the, which I think you were talking about, uh, insulated concrete form approach, something like that. Yeah. Not, not really planning on going with a stick built, uh, something that, you know, sits there in the elements for four or five months while they're building it and warps and Right, right. Okay, you're you're on the same page as I am then. You basically don't want a house that gets eaten. The other thing that I really, really, really want in a house that it has nothing to do with the layout or anything is I don't want to have the wires run through the wall willy-nilly. I'd like to have cable runs either up in the basement or down in the basement, up in the attic, you know, something where you can just follow along all the cables and they, they – Sort of like you would have in a professional building or a server room, which is, of course, sure, so like a conduit with cables instead of just running them through the walls. Right. Uh, you know, which also feeds into the whole thing. Now your wall isn't full of holes that can have bugs in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and also the duct work, if there is any. I kind of think I'm going to be going with uh, ductless heating and cooling. But that doesn't mean you you still have to be able to move air around a little bit because somewhere one of the rooms is going to be more you know, moisture prone and you have to be able to shuffle air around a little bit. And they, they um, make various ways to, to do that. And it basically it ends up meaning you're having ducting, even if it's not what you're using for heating and cooling. Yeah, no, that's something I hadn't thought about one way or the other. But you're, yeah. Sounds like both me and Dave have got the same. I've lived in too many houses that fall apart, and I want a house that won't fall apart when I'm in it. <laughs> well, I definitely don't want to have something that falls apart, but it's like my. I wanted to be super energy efficient, but I, I, I have to realize I have to come to terms with my mortality and incorporate that 
you know, if I want to have a house that I can heat with a single 100-watt light bulb, I can do that for a little over a half a million dollars. But I can't justify that kind of cost because I'm not going to live there long enough to to get that out of it. Same way with a house that will last through the ages. Well, I, I, it, if it outlasts me, that's all I need. I think you're fine, though, as far as the house lasting is that your choices are going to be something that requires you to maintain it every few years or something that's going to last a couple of hundred years because once you get past the stick frame that you're talking about, your choices are pretty much steel, concrete, or stone. <laughs> and those last. Yeah, there might be not be that compromise middle ground that's inexpensive enough to be realistic, but super long-lasting. The, the roof is another thing. I think you mentioned you don't want to have a roof that'll fly away because, you know, you you grew up with the hurricane problem, I believe. I, I'm i less concerned about the roof flying away, but I w- wouldn't mind having a roof that when the hail's coming down, I can just listen to the rhythm and not worry about the bill. Yep, yep. But you got to remember, I'm being in hurricane ter- territory is the same thing as being in tornado territory because with hurricanes come tornadoes, and that's the thing you really worry about most hurricanes is that when you're sitting in the house, you know, you're keeping one ear cocked out, hoping you don't hear a tornado coming. I agree with what you just said, Carney, about the tornadoes, but it's, it's not, you never hear that in the news. It's, I mean, why, why is it they don't talk about the, you know, the, the real, I mean, you can build a, a house to hurricane standards, but a tornado will come through and just mow it down. Um, Without getting into a rant, it's got to do with the same reason you have some idiot sitting on a boardwalk saying, and this dangerous hurricane is coming in behind me. It, you know, you don't hear about it because, well, most of the news gets sensationalized rather than just being dry matter of fact. Um, Hurricane standards are a little bit different than tornado standards because you get a lot of rain with hurricanes, so you've got to be ready for flooding and water damage. But I seem to remember, and it's been a while since I've looked at this, but I seem to remember that more people get killed by tornadoes during hurricane than um, most hurricanes than anything else. You mean by the wind? No, no, actually, specifically by tornadoes. um, Oh, I see. Tornadoes within the hurricane zone. Yes, yes. Is that the exceptions are the ones like the hip hit San Juan and you know the really big hurricanes that do lots of flood damage and surge damage. Then water's the killer. But for the little hurricanes, you know, where one or two people get killed, that's almost always a tornado that killed them. So to get back to Dave's <clears throat> talking about the roof, I think you know what both of us, both Dave and I, grew up in the Midwest, where we don't get hurricanes, um, but we get lots of hail. And certainly, I've had two roofs on my house replaced by our, my good friends at uh, state farm insurance because, because we got hail damage. Now what can you actually do to, how can you prevent that? I mean, are you can have like a copper roof or something like that or something you just don't care if it gets dented up or what do you do? Steel reinforced concrete would be my vote. <laughs> yeah, you can go with something like that. Uh, a fairly inexpensive approach that okay it depends are you you can't if you're going to have softball size hail you know then you have to spend a lot of money but if you're just trying to get yourself protected against maybe chicken egg size and down 
you can go with a, a steel, basically steel siding that is placed on the roof. I mean, that's what my parents have on their roof right now, and it was, it's comparable, comparably oh, cool. priced to shingles, and especially if you're okay with having a, you know, if you don't care about an occasional dent, if you're not really worried about appearance, if that's not right. your primary concern, um, there's when hail hits a standard asphalt shingle, it removes the protective granules and, and such that, that it starts, you know, potentially leaking. When a, when hail hits a uh, steel roof like this, you know, it might leave a dent, but it doesn't increase the probability of it, it still works it just works it's like having a car that has hail damage you know maybe you don't like the dimpled up appearance but it drives just the same right right yeah no, that's a, that's cool that makes sense for the record i've had two roofs replaced in this house because of hail damage <laughs> yeah so i know exactly what you're saying and yeah i mean there there's there's plenty of options i just my my thing about a concrete roof, I want I you know I'm not really talking about steel reinforced concrete like commercial stuff, but they do build houses out of concrete, including the roof. And the benefit of that is that the roof is a unit with the walls. You don't have a roof sitting on top of the walls and then held down by you know specialized strapping and so forth. Is which you know that's the whole danger is that the roof comes off the walls cave in on standard construction if the roof is part of the walls either the whole house comes up out of the ground or you're fine all right so we're all looking forward to dave's new house and we're all going to go party there in about two years well now you you have me concerned i (laughs) why do i have you concerned well i i i know two years will go quickly but uh i'm i'm more concerned about the you know internal struggle with my wife about the design than coming up with the ideas that we want to implement. Ah, well, that's not something that should be ignored. Yeah. No, I think you're going to want to start. I think you're going to want to start thinking about it as soon as possible. On the other hand, it is something me and Friday should ignore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, this is exciting. This is drama. It'll be great. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'll go hide under the bed now. Let me know when the greatness is over. <laughs> do you want to get Do you want to get Norma microphone and we'll we'll have this on, we'll do this on the podcast. <laughs> we can do the designing your house podcast with Dave and Norma. We could we could run. I'm sure I'm sure that there will be ideas that come up that uh, we need a tiebreaker on. I I will just have to <laughs> decide if I don't think you want us to do, do any tiebreakers. If this team is the uh, uh, appropriate tiebreaker team or not, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, you know, I I think in to a fair degree, if if the outside of the house. You know, if she gets to pick what it looks like on the outside, I'll probably get to do a lot of the interior decisions. That's pretty good. I'd take that trade. Because, yeah, I I mean, I would be happy with a just a Rubik's Cube-shaped device that hmm. has no, <laughs> no huh. nothing. And she has okay tastes that you know, I can't even begin to try and understand, so... Then you shouldn't even try. Yeah, me and Dave both belong to the Maginot line of like, house design. <laughs> house by World War One era French engineers. <laughs> Excellent.
All right. Good deal. Thank you for the update on your dream house. I'm looking forward to talking about this as moving forward because I think it's going to be an exciting couple of years for you um, for a lot of reasons. Battle for Azeroth, the expansion for World of Warcraft. We all play World of Warcraft together. That's how we met. That's uh, where we get the dedicated part of our Dedicated Nerds podcast. It's part of our guild name. And uh, big, big expansion coming out. This game has been around for you. Those of you who don't know, this game has been around for years and years and years. Started in 2004. We've all been playing, I think, since 2005 together. Um, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this. How are, are you guys excited about it? Not yet. Okay. But I'm not one of the ones to do pre-betas and alphas and playtesting and quality control. Once I start playing, maybe I'll get, in fact, I probably will get excited. But right now, it's just like I'm dreading the download. Well, there's there's that, yeah. Are you looking forward to anything, Dave? Mm, I, I actually don't really like the expansions anymore. Um, you know, you've spent untold hours and months getting to where you are and then it just all disappears and the treadmill resets <laughs> yeah and i you know i've enjoyed leveling you know i really enjoyed leveling until 2007 so the first two years don't enjoy it at all now so yeah the first the first what do what do you enjoy oh uh, primarily the rating portion but yeah Three months of leveling and figuring out what class you're gonna and try and stick with, and yeah, I'm not I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, part of that might be just my I'm trying to enjoy things like this less because when I get into the middle of Kansas, I won't be doing them, so I might as well stop enjoying them and then quit instead of the other direction. All and right. that, that's when he's going to discover he's got a fiber optic running to his house. <laughs> it's like, oh, this fiber optic line idea isn't so bad after all. Yeah, I, I'm anticipating a horrific. I mean, I just spent a week at my parents' house, and I, I think that what they have will mimic what I have, and you pretty much have to have YouTube Red so you can download stuff. For example, I mean that's how. Oh wow! It is painfully slow. Um, anything from Netflix, unless you can download it, you're not going to watch that. Um, it is a whole. Oh, upgrading apps or stuff on my phone. You know, here I push the button, a little thing loads. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> you set it down and walk away. It's just. It's literally seventy-five times slower, and you can feel it. What is uh? What exactly is their? What are they using for their internet connection? Um, they have a wireless connection. I don't know. I guess there's a tower in the area. I don't know where it is, and they have an antenna on their house pointing toward it, sending and receiving. So it's not. It's not like a uh, satellite where it's. You're basically most satellites, if I understand correctly, satellite connections. You get your data through the dish, but you send out your requests over maybe even a phone line. Uh huh. So basically, your parents have got a microwave relay. Yeah. Um, That's probably, I have not looked into it 
much, but I, I did run speed tests and one up, one down. And, uh, oh, well, one, you mean one megabit up and down? Yeah. Well, that's probably more than Carney's got right now, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, I was going to say one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying one kilobit, and I was feeling sorry for you. Your your latency is probably going to be a, a bigger challenge. I was surprised about the latency, and of course, I just uh, no, I should I could have gone with more. I only did one test. Um, I only used one test service, the one that Google, you know, you Google speed test, and there's one built into or one that's offered by Google, and the uh, latency was surprisingly good, um, seventy five milliseconds or less. Nice. Well, that's pretty good then. You might, I might be surprised. Did you did you play World of Warcraft at your folks' house? You know, I've never never tried that. Um, it, it, you know, it might work out, but I don't know that we're going to have that same setup where we're at. I'm seems more likely we're going to end up with a satellite dish, which then latency on that's really pretty bad, and probably limited uh, downloading as well. Bandwidth uh, bandwidth caps. Yeah, they have uh, 20, 30, and 40 gig plans. Um, yeah, that's one. That's <laughs> I think the patch was like 25 gig or something. Yeah, and for, well, for those, they have that's that's during the day. So, like, start, say, say, starting at 6 a.m. until 9 p.m., they, they meter that part. And then I'm just, I don't know the exact times, maybe from midnight till 6 or something. I, I can't, overnight is a different uh it's counted differently so if you are going to do updates or downloads you can do them overnight and it won't count against your uh total so any any none of the so none of the features are really exciting to you you guys or maybe haven't even been paying attention to what's coming up i'm going to just for our audience uh briefly go over them there's going to be some changes to pvp which uh, which are pretty cool, I think. So they're not really going to have PvP and normal servers anymore. Uh, I think that's kind of nice. You just kind of basically you're in the, the the main capital city for whatever faction you are, and then you just turn on PvP or not, and then it kind of just groups you automatically wh- while you're out in the world. It groups you with uh, people who are either PvP flagged or not, and that's so I think that's kind of cool. Um, there's going to be the thing I'm most excited about is the World of Warcraft communities features, which are kind of some social features. Right now, you basically you have to use some extra software that you download from a third party to communicate with people who are not in your guild um, to set up the things that like like Dave was talking about the raids and stuff like that. That's which is. Uh, it's, they're kind of kind of make it so that you can basically join several groups and have them all active at the same time. So maybe you've got a group of friends that you like to PvP with, or maybe there's some friends that you like to raid with, or maybe you raid with two or three different groups. Um, and then maybe there's just some friends that you'd like to socialize with. It, you can kind of be part of all of those groups now. And I think that's really cool, and I'm really happy that they're doing that because I think... Hopefully it'll be nice for everybody to find a group of people to play with that kind of have their own interests. But then you don't have to leave behind all your friends that you may have made in your in your guild, and you can still kind of socialize with them at the same time. So I'm pretty excited about that. Other than that, it seems like kind of a, a 
you know, there's new new areas, there's new spells, and kind of they're changing a lot of the classes. I don't think none of that seems very different than what they've done over the past several expansions. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm pretty excited about the the uh, the social stuff. So there you go. Got that off my chest. I'm definitely looking forward to the social changes also. Yeah, I didn't know about the social changes. Since I've been using Greenwall, I can see where that would be nice. But one, Greenwall would be one of those third-party software things that let you connect. Cool. All right. Battle for Azeroth coming. The big, the good stuff, I think, is actually coming on Tuesday, and then we'll get new content, which will be a grind <laughs> um, in about a month, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I'll need to pre-position my characters so that when the grind starts, I'll be in the right place. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it. Unless you guys have any, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we before we kill it? I mean, let's be honest. We've been killing it this whole time. Oh, come now. My rant is the only thing worth <laughs> reproducing. <laughs> that'll be its own special thing i'm just gonna post that on youtube and it's gonna <laughs> oh god <laughs> all right cool well thanks guys uh, it was uh fun good chat um say goodbye dave goodbye say goodbye carney goodbye dave excellent <laughs> all right here we go three two one stopping the recording